0: Welcome to the taco table podcast. We've saved you a seat and we're excited to get started. Hey, this is Rachel and I think every weekend should be a three day weekend. Hey, this is Chris and why not make it a four day weekend? In this episode, Chris and I finally get around to having an actual lengthy conversation about one of our favorite authors, Pat Conroy. What we discovered is that our conversation about Pat Conroy started a long, long time ago, and even though we tried to boil everything down to a single episode, I think we figured out that our conversations about Conroy, his works, and the things about him that we enjoy reading will probably go on for as long as we're hanging out together. But here's where we start. Enjoy.
1: Now, do we want to have a conversation now about Pat Conroy, or do we want to wait for later, because I've just, I feel like at some point we need to talk about Pat Conroy. I finished that book on tape that I was listening to, that was the um, excerpts and the short stories, and, uh, not short stories, but just little journal entries. Finished that today on. It was a book on tape I was listening to, and then I went to the bookstore when I got my uh, Malcolm Gladwell book and got the not the Lords of Discipline, but the Great Santini. I just feel like that's the one that I really need to read. And I, I have
0: have you read that before.
1: The only Pat Conroy book that I have read cover to cover was Lords of Discipline, but I've got to put okay. a moratorium on buying books because I just keep buying them and I can't. Read them fast enough.
0: Well, I buy them, but then I donate the ones that I don't want to keep. Yeah. Because, I mean, I just have to hold it in my hand when Mm -hmm. I read it. Exactly. I'm just, I'm not good at that audio book thing. Yeah. And I will, like I said, I'll, I want to reread Prince of Tides. And he wrote another book called, that was more of a memoir called My Losing Season or The Losing (gasps) Season. Yes, I
1: bought that book. And could not connect with it. It was about him playing basketball at the Citadel. Yeah. And I did not realize this, but not related to that book. But when he wrote The Lords of Discipline, he was somewhat excommunicated from the Citadel for 25 years because of that book. Wow. Wow. And it took, I don't remember what it was that got him to go back, might have been someone's death. But that losing season, it was really just like a recap of every basketball game. And yeah. I just didn't need to read every the starting lineup of every basketball game that he played in and Right, it, right, that was. I mean, the his whole life, his books are just therapy sessions, but that one seemed to be more therapeutic than anything. So, definitely, let's talk for a moment—not the whole podcast, but let's talk for a moment about Pat Conroy.
0: Okay,
1: here's my deal about having a Pat Conroy podcast. Okay, when we were in Charleston. I had just listened to a book on tape that Donovan had told me about that was a book of his essays, or really like, um, I guess it was essays. And it kind of got me in the Pat Conroy mood. And then when we went to Charleston, that made me want to read, what's the one about his father? The Santini. Great Santini, which I've started, but I haven't read the whole thing, and I have only read The Lords of Discipline. While it is one of my very favorite books of all time, I've only read it once. So I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna need some time before we do the Pat Conroy discussion because I don't know how you read so fast, but it's gonna take me
0: several weeks. So I had never read Lords of Discipline, and then we started talking about Pat Conroy. And you know, Prince of Tides is one of my very favorite books and movies. But I thought, well, I'm gonna read Lords of Discipline. I've never read that, and I read I've read Great Santini, and I've read um, my. Losing season and I read that that one that you're that you've borrowed. Is it reading life or writing life? I can't remember. I don't remember. I think it's a say. reading life. I think it's where he talks about books that influenced him. But here's my problem, and it's not just a problem with Pat Conroy. I can't retain anything. Oh, I know. I know. And I'm like, I don't know. I read it and I remember that I loved it, but I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. So when we got home, I ordered Prince of Tides and I ordered Lords of Discipline. Part of the reason I read it so fast was I just got so interested in it, and I loved having just been there because he uses like real street names yeah. and real landmarks. The characters that he that are in there are are not intended to be real people. I mean, they're obviously based on real people, but but I love that he uses the real street names and everything. And having driven around, and I don't know if I know that when he was at, I assume when he was at the Citadel, they were at the old campus, not the one we drove around in. But either way, I could just visualize so much of what he was talking Mm -hmm. about, having just been walking around and driving around on those streets.
1: Did one of the cadets... Commit suicide by walking into a train? Yes. Okay. I remember uncontrollably sobbing when I read that.
0: I wasn't uncontrollably sobbing, but I was
1: crying. I could not get myself together. And I, I think... I was at home for lunch one day reading it, and I was late getting back to the office because I was just such a mess.
0: Yeah. I Actually, I think I was more upset when I was reading the part where they basically convict him. Right. And then pretty soon after that, I could see... I didn't know that he would commit suicide, but I was like, oh, um, this is, you know, yeah. this is kind of ominous. But that whole trial part and the honor court and all that, you it's kind of like, oh, they may pull this off. You know, they may be able to to get him out. But before we have our conversation, you know, I told you I'm reading a book that that's a memoir written by his wife called Tell right. Me a Story. right? And it's not very long. And then that other one called... Our Prince of Scribes, and it's all these different authors and students of his that write, like, it's almost like a little one page, Uh kind of how he influenced them and that kind of thing. But I just, I'm always intrigued by an author that can really make the setting almost as important as the characters in the book.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: he does... A, a really, really good job of that.
1: Yes, he does.
0: There's some aspect of mental illness in everything he ever writes, which right. I'm fascinated by. Right. It's very prevalent in Prince of Tides, but yeah. there's just sort of this undercurrent with Lords of Discipline. At, you know, the mom of the of the girl that was pregnant. Yeah. Not to mention the how off you would have to be mentally to be part of that secret group.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: I mean,
1: the the member of that foursome that was the member of the secret group. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. That I did not see coming until the very end. And then I was like, oh, no.
1: (laughs) But the thing about it, I'm fascinated by the way that men show affection toward each other the way heterosexual men show affection toward each other and... Or don't. Or don't, because they can't. Right. I feel like Pat Conroy was very good at doing that, and I really felt that way when I listened to that book that Donovan had given me about... Oh, the name of the book is A Low Country Heart.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Talk about the people that... And, you know, he would use the word love... And it was such a stark contrast between the obvious relationship he had with his father that was Mm -hmm. so horrible. The whole thing, he's just fascinating.
0: So we've alluded to Pat Conroy several times in some of our other conversations. We talked a little bit about him after our trip to South Carolina during spring break. And we've been saying, you know, we need to have a whole conversation about Pat Conroy. Mm -hmm. So, so right now it's, I mean, it's time it's, um, it's Pat Conroy night right here on the podcast. So tell me, like, I know that Lords of Discipline is kind of where you started with him and has had a big influence on you. So tell me about that.
1: To be honest with you, I do not think The Lords of Discipline was where I started with Pat Conroy. Oh, really?
0: I thought it was. I
1: do not think so. This is my recollection. I remember when The Prince of Tides was coming out at the movies, and I was going to read the book, and I read about half of it, and... It got to the day that we were going to see the movie, and I was at your apartment at Redmont Gardens trying to finish the book before we went to see the movie in the late afternoon or the evening. I'm sure it was the late afternoon because you get a better deal then if you go to the evening. Right. And let's say I was two hours away from the movie or three hours away from the movie and still had half the book to read. And I was like, screw it, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> so I remember going to see the movie. I loved Nick Nolte at the time. I've never been a Barbara Streisand fan. And I think Barbara Streisand gave me a bad taste. To start out with for Pat Conroy, just because I don't particularly care for her. However, I remember that her son was in the movie, and I thought that was very interesting. But after that, my friend Jeff told me about the Lords of Discipline and... that he really liked it. And a lot of times I'll watch TV shows or read books that I normally wouldn't just to have a connection with someone. Like, I wouldn't watch this TV show, but so-and-so recommended it or whatever. And Jeff had just talked about how much he loved the book, and he read the very first part of the book where Pat justifies telling the story because he wears the ring. Right, right. And I was hooked. I remember going home at lunch to read the book. I remember crying at some points of the book. I've always loved stories about how heterosexual men show affection toward each other or how men show heterosexual affection toward each other because it's it's not easy for them to do it's not done very much, and a lot of times the most you see is that "I love you man in the fraternity setting right. because when men get out of college and they go have a job and they've got women they've got their wives and children, women are more apt to have girlfriends and go to lunch than men are apt to have guy friends and go to lunch or whatever. And that whole thing, just guys' relationships like that is just real interesting to me, just like the two characters in A Prayer for Owen Meany, which is another one of my top boy relationship books or the story of The Body by Stephen King, which was made into Stand By Me, the movie. Before we went to Charleston, Donovan was telling me about a book that was a book of his essays right when um, social media was catching on. And so he Mm -hmm. would... He would do these short stories. They weren't short stories, but he would do these essays or whatever. And they would be posted to a blog. Somebody read all these. And that was very interesting just to see him talk about himself. And that's on your list, but you haven't gotten to that, right? Correct. About the time that you told me you read The Lords of Discipline just really fast, I thought, I'm going to read The Great Santini and... It'll take me all summer to finish it just because it's so, I just don't read like you do. And then I started listening to um, the uh, South of Broad, I think, uh, at a Mm -hmm. tape. And it just, you know, it's just not a quick listen or read or whatever. And so I kind of put that down and started reading his wife's book And have you read that?
0: The Tell Me a Story. Yeah.
1: And you finished it? Uh Okay. Well, I started listening to that instead of reading it. And it's much more captivating to me just listening to her relationship because I really didn't know anything about her other than how he described meeting her. In that book that I read before we went to Charleston,
0: is she the one that reads she it? She is
1: not. But if you've never heard her read or speak before, it might as well be. Right, it's right. Negative. You know, it's, it's just interesting. He is an enigma to me. Just fascinating. When I was at Southern Living, one of the guys, one of the photographers that I worked with, went and took a went and photographed him one day. And I took, I gave Mark my book for him to sign, and he signed it. I thought that was neat. Yeah. Um, It's funny also to me how people that we don't know, you make them bigger than life. Right. Like we think Sophie and Melanie are. And they're just normal people, you know. The people that go to Briarwood or that know her from school and they're like, oh yeah, I know her. But, you know, he, you know, he had a regular house. He was a regular person. He went to the gym. (laughs) You know, I mean, he was just regular. It it probably wouldn't be a thing if you lived in Charleston or wherever he lived and, you know, ran across him at the grocery store or whatever. But it's, it's, distance is interesting.
0: So where are you in the... In her book, oh,
1: I just probably just started it yesterday. She's telling oh, a okay. story about him getting sick and them taking him from the hospital wherever he was to Atlanta, and there was a big snowstorm. They didn't, she didn't know if they were going to be able to make it or not. And he had told in his little essays about his relationship with the, the lady that worked him out at the gym and how, you know, she didn't speak very good English and she didn't understand his humor. And it just, he's just fascinating. Yeah. We, okay. When did you, what was your first encounter with Pat Conroy?
0: Well, I, I, mean, I was trying to think about that earlier. I think it may have been the same time as yours because I remember reading Prince of Tides and loving it. I can't remember if it was at all possible for me to read it before the movie came out. I did because I don't like to see a movie unless I've read the book. Right. That's just one of my things. Uh-huh. I always, almost, always think the book is better than the movie. Right. You said you were a Nick Nolte fan. I'm a Barbara Streisand fan. And so I remember you know, wanting to see the movie because she was in right. it. And I tend to like an author like that. The only person I can think of that I haven't really done this with, ironically, is John Grisham. But like, once I read *Prince of Tides*, and it was—I, it's the first book I remember like staying up all night to read. Wow! Once I find a book like that, I'll read everything that that person has written. Uh-huh. I almost immediately read um, everything he had except for *Lords of Discipline*. Mm-hmm. I read Great Santini. There was another one that was fiction that, because this was before My Losing Season came out. It was before Beach Music came out. So there was, it seemed like there were three, or maybe I read Lords of Discipline and just didn't remember it, but um, I don't know how The you,
1: Water is Wide?
0: Yeah, maybe that that's the one I read because that was about, that was his memoir about teaching.
1: Oh yeah, Okay
0: it wasn't fiction,
1: The Water is Wide.
0: No, it's a memoir. Like his first, apparently when he graduated from the Citadel, one of his first jobs was as a teacher. And I think it was
1: either like maybe a black school or a school that there weren't many blacks at. And there was some racial issue that he quit.
0: Yeah.
1: So look at us talking about Pat Conroy and we don't know a thing about him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did read that because in those days I was a teacher and, and, and I also happened to love biography and memoir, any kind of, any, I mean, I think I would read a a memoir about just about anything. Since then, I think I've read everything of his till the other, you know, after we got back from South Carolina, I was like, well, I'm going to read the Lords of Discipline because I don't think I've ever read that. It's not that I'm necessarily a super fast reader, but I got so into it that I, I couldn't put it down. Uh-huh. Although I'm too old to stay up all night and read something anymore. I I mean, for, for about a week, I, I don't think I watched anything on Netflix or did anything on my phone. I think I just came home and, and read huh. until it was bedtime.
1: Huh.
0: I'm fascinated by certainly by his characters but in some ways I think a lot of his a lot of his stories are the same story just change the circumstances change the you know the the vignette yes 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 but and I think I've said this to you before I love that I think it's interesting anytime an author can make really this the setting or the location it's almost like it's a character in itself right right and the way he writes about in the Prince of Tides, the way he writes about where they live and and um, I, I think it's kind of set in the Sullivan's Island area, okay. um, if I remember correctly, but certainly in the Low Country. But um, and even like the Lords of Discipline, I mean, the, obviously the school itself is a setting, but. He's very specific about like street names and some of the names of some of the historical houses and stuff in Charleston, which jumped off the page because we had just been there when I read this. Um, I find that to be fascinating, and I'm curious from a writer's perspective how deliberate that is or if it's just part of his—I mean, his whole life had been spent there, so— if he was going to write about the people and the experiences he had, I wonder if that was something he had to, had to be intentional about or if it just happened naturally because that's what he knows. Right,
1: exactly.
0: Um, I do think it's fascinating in the w- book that his wife wrote that even, um, I don't even know exactly what his last book was, but he wrote all of the longhand. Right, absolutely. That's crazy he never used a a typewriter or a computer and and when i was flipping through the prince of tides the other day um to kind of refresh my memory about some stuff in the acknowledgements i'm always curious about acknowledgements too but he he's one he specifically talks um makes a um thanks somebody who's who's the one that typed it up and i was like that is just fascinating to me that in all i mean Imagine writing The door, the Lords of Discipline longhand. Gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm. these are not short books. No, they're not. I just can't even fathom. In the
1: other one that I listened
0: to, he
1: talked about his love for other Southern writers mm-hmm. and how he was a real champion for them and how he tried to read everything he could get his hands on that was Southern And encouraged them. There was something real nice that he had said about Rick Bragg that he said to him. And they would have phone conversations. And he just, he loved what he did. And he loved other writers. You could tell that. Right. And he loved his readers. I didn't really realize that he was like that. But he said that he would, you know, stay until everybody got their book signed or whatever.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I was looking through one of my favorite quotes in all the world is in the Prince of Tides and I can't find it, but it's something about, you know, I'm a coach and a father and a well-loved man or something like that. And that, and that is enough. I'll find it at some point and, and read it. But I was, when I was flipping through looking for that, I can't, the, one of my other favorites, things or little sections is at the very end, the main character's name is Tom Wingo. And he's a twin. And his twin sister is a poet that lives in New York City. And she suffers from mental illness and depression. And the mom is just kind of, you know, out of it. Like she, you know, she can never, anytime the sister's in crisis, you know, the mom can't really face it. And so she always sends Tom to deal with it. But There's a lot in there. You know, you and I have also touched on the fact that there's some some form of mental illness in almost all of his books. Right. Which I think is interesting. But he's at the very end. It says, each night when practice is over and I'm driving home through the streets of Charleston, I ride with the top down on my Volkswagen convertible. It's always dark and the air is crisp with autumn and the wind is rushing in my hair. At the top of the bridge with the stars shining above the harbor, I look to the north and wish again that there were two lives apportioned to every man and woman. Behind me, the city of Charleston simmers in the cold elixirs of its own incalculable beauty, and before me, my wife and children are waiting for me to arrive home. It is in their eyes that I acknowledge my real life, my destiny. But it is the secret life that sustains me now. And as I reach the top of that bridge, I say it in a whisper. I say it as a prayer, as a regret, and as a praise. I can't tell you why or what it means, but each night when I drive toward my southern home and my southern life, I whisper these words, Lowenstein, Lowenstein. There's certain those kind of those lines about you know, destiny is too strong a word, but, you know, your reality versus what you wish was different or um, who you thought you might turn out to be is always intriguing to me. But I'm just fascinated by how much more powerful those words are after I've been to Charleston. Yes. And I can visualize that bridge and I can visualize, you know, driving across those, like when we drove out to Folly Beach, and you drive across those that bridge to go to the beach, and it's just all of that marsh yes. for as far as you can uh-huh. see. And being able to visualize that makes a lot of his descriptions just even that much more, I don't know, significant or applicable, or I don't even know what the right word is. And Lords of Discipline, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm virtually certain that when he went to the school, to the Citadel it was not at the campus where it is now that the one that we drove around in but but you can I mean it's just a way to visualize that's so much more powerful when you when you've actually been on those streets uh-huh. I love that yep trying to remember that anything else from the tell me a story I, you know she it's interesting because she's from Birmingham I have not read any of her stuff other than this this memoir but she's she's a fiction writer as as well correct
1: yes yes that's
0: correct well do you have any other profound thoughts about pat conroy
1: no other than just to tell our fan to uh read the lords of discipline because it's awesome
0: yeah it really is
1: i like it a lot
0: tell our one fan Uh you think we only have one well it's actually we have two new followers this week we are up to 29 followers. Huh.
1: I'll tell you one who may get the fan of the week is one Lynn Dill. i tell you what, she loves the taco
0: table. Really? Yeah. Well, shout out to Lynn. No. Even if you have to miss Friday Night Mexican, don't ever miss an episode of the Taco Table podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you can find us on Instagram at Taco Table Online. See you next time.